What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John, and with me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, man. I am kicking back with uh, some wonderful, wonderful beers. I uh, I got a pumpkin pack earlier this week. Uh, this mm. is not an Elysian pumpkin pack because I'm not made of cash. Um, but this is uh, <laughs> this is the O'Fallon uh, Brewery. Oh, uh, and yeah, this is Jacko Latte. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that it starts with the word Jacko. Um, but yeah, it's cool, and it looks like it looks like the pumpkin on the front of it is actually uh, drinking a pumpkin spice latte. If I'm if I'm if I'm right here, um, but he's got his hand all the way across the uh, all the way across the cup, which is kind of frustrating because like he's got to be burning his little pumpkin hands doing that. I mean, there's a reason why they put that little strip in the middle of it so you could hold that and not be as hot as the cup. But um, I might be looking a little too hard into this, but this is a really 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 good cream stout, dude. Yeah, it was pretty solid. I uh, bought that same. I bought most of the beers out of it. There was like one out of them. I was like, that didn't sound that good. Um, but it is kind of funny because I uh, I still have the rest of probably like five or six of the Elysians uh, sitting in my fridge nice. uh, from the pumpkin pack. When we go live, I'm actually going to uh, be drinking my and this, I hate to admit this, but just because of how much I fucking spent on it, I spent eleven dollars on this bitch. Yeti, so it better nice. be good. It is the Yeti pumpkin spice latte, which uh, if you whoever listens hasn't ever checked out the uh, the Yeti series like of. Uh, of uh, stouts and so forth they're really good um again it's really expensive but basically you're getting a, i think it's a 16 ounce nope uh one point and three point two yeah so that's what yeah it's 16 ounces right something like that no a pint is 16 ounces whatever regardless I, I don't it's, do, it's basically I don't a tall boy i don't know okay. <laughs> it's basically like a, a a tall boy of of beer so uh should be good and then for the uh lot the other beer i'll probably drink while we're going live is the uh the Southern Tier Vanilla Whipped uh, is my go-to. Speaking to Dan's Jacko uh, Fallon beer, basically that he's drinking, that has been probably my favorite pumpkin beer that I've had so far this year is the Jacko by Sam Adams, which is still surprising that a big brewery like that has got the beer I like the most. Every now and again, man, they'll hit a home run, and it's it's nice. Which, uh, as far as I understand, you did not experience much today. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that. No. I read about that. No. Yeah. Well, it's still happening. (laughs) And if uh, for those who are listening and may may not understanding that reference, uh, currently as of when we're recording, the Braves are playing game three against the Dodgers and the Dodgers put up uh, 12 runs in the first inning, top of the first inning, too. I mean, that's how you got to start off. You just got to show everyone who's boss, you know, (laughs) like literally. Well, the thing that was like fucked up about it is at least like I got to see it this time, but it reminded me of last year's uh, game five against the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I turned on the game, I was stoked. Like I think I had I had, had missed the start of the game by like fuck five or six minutes, I swear. Yeah. And I turn it on, and it's like ten nothing, and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yep. And you know, in a game five, the last game of that series, like that's that's pretty much it. The game's over. Like before it even really started, like the game's over. And that's the only fortunate thing so far about this game is that it's game three. We're up two one, so not as big of a deal but it still sucks (laughs) yeah it's not great but yeah i mean they could have just been having a good night oh absolutely i think the dodgers basically getting to hit first um definitely is a help and this is the part of the pitching rotation that i was most worried about and you can see why (laughs) now it's out now it's out of the way yeah pretty much they're like acting like they're acting like they're teaching their kid how to play softball. <laughs> All of that aside, uh, speaking of kids, uh, this episode's guest is Sebastian Basler, uh, aka Ghost Kid, whose debut record, Ghost Kid, is coming out November thirteenth via Century Media Records. Um, this was fun. Um, 
So, and I know I kind of mentioned it throughout the interview, like this band, so I just want to kind of give a backstory, but it is kind of funny because here in America, at least on my Facebook feed, I can't speak to anyone else's. Maybe Dan can, you know, say yay or nay on this, but it seems like everyone that I know that's into like metal and so forth is like, yo, have you seen this new band called uh, uh, Eskimo Cowboy? And it's like, they're not new. They've been around for a while, but you know. I've never seen that band in my feed. Really? Have you ever? So you really? you don't know what they sound like? I mean, I will now because they're all all our devices are listening to us. <laughs> but you know, um, absolutely. But yeah, no, this is um. So Sebastian used to be in that band and then basically left uh, not that long ago to basically start this. So this is his uh, debut record, debut music. And while I have been saying that uh, Eskimo Callboy is like if Steel Panther, Blessed by a Broken Heart. And 303 all got together and had a, a musical baby. It would be this band. Nice. So I don't know if that... I'm into that. I was going to say, I don't know if any of those bands, you know, you know, but... Uh, I, I'm i a little out of my element on this one, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, maybe they'll come on the podcast soon enough and uh, you can have to listen to some of their music to, to get acquainted. But um, the difference is, cool. is uh, basically, you know, when I said this, is that... Uh, you know, Ghost, this Ghost Kid record, while touching on a lot of different sonic territories, is very serious. Um, whereas I feel like, obviously, when you see the videos uh, for like Hypa Hypa by Eskimo Callboy, you'll realize very quickly that uh, it's their tongue is firmly rooted in the side of their cheek uh, the whole time. And while that's fun, uh, it definitely maybe creates uh, maybe some tensions when you want to be taken a little bit more seriously. And I'm not putting those words into to, uh, Sebastian's mouth or anything. I just I do feel like at a certain point, maybe it gets a little uh, hard to just keep, you know, having to be fun all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's weird because I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I typically only like music to be dead serious all the time, you know. And so for me, it would be harder to lighten up and actually have some fun. You can just ask my kids. I mean, I'm I'm the opposite of fun. <laughs> well, I I guess there's always that. The, the kids are probably the least uh, person you should be using as a, a barometer for whether you're fun or not. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like they're right already. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just gonna kind of embrace it because um, I I really don't know how to have fun. That's that's real life. Fair enough. Well, speaking of fun, let's get into the conversation with Sebastian, and we'll talk to you on the other side of it. So uh, I have the pleasure of taking my lunch, uh, aptly enough, with Sushi, a.k.a. Sebastian uh, Basler, uh, vocalist of Ghost Kid, whose album, Ghost Kid, uh, comes out November 13th via Century Media Records. How are you doing? Yes. Trying to think, what is what is it time-wise for you right now? Uh, right now, I, I would say we got um, half past 5 p.m. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I think you're, I thought it was about five hours roughly ahead of me, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm enjoying my lunch. So those who will potentially watch this later, uh, don't be too <laughs> shitty in the comments uh, as I'm eating my lunch while he's uh, while uh, Sebastian's talking. But um, right. enjoy your meal, uh, man. I will. Um, <laughs> it's been kind of wild to see the buzz about this record coming up, uh, growing over the last few months. Basically, what has the initial response been like? Especially given that the fact we're in the middle of a global pandemic for you. Mm. You mean uh, like the response overall? 
Yeah, like I mean, at this point, we're three singles in uh, to the yeah. album, the album release, and about uh, shit about just over a month away from it actually being released. Yeah. So, I mean, how has the initial reaction to all the music coming out, especially given that this is your first release? Dude, it's it's amazing. I mean, uh, I got a lot of releases like with Eskimo back in the days, you know, but uh, this is like a really special thing for me because it's like basically the first record that I ever did on my own. And it's amazing to see that the people are uh, into the stuff that I did, you know, so mm -hmm. and I mean, each song on this record is absolutely different to the next one. And uh you know, I mean, I mean, it's really like a different thing. You know, if you just do everything on your own, and this is what I did. So basically, Ghost Kid is more like a solo project. Um, of course, you read all the comments and you always ask yourself 10 times more if that what you're about to, to release is good enough, you know. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the results so far and the response on, on each track, you know. So I really appreciate that. And it's good to see that people like it. You know, something you kind of already touched on uh, and I was going to get to later is basically, obviously, you, this isn't your first record ever. Um, you were in no. Eskimo Cowboy. Yeah. And what's been interesting is, coincidentally, you both, at least here in the States, I can't speak to anywhere else, but here in the States, it's been really interesting to see both of you getting a lot of uh, attention. Uh, you know, it seems like basically everyone on my, my Facebook time feed and so forth is... <laughs> really getting into just finding Eskimo Callboy, but they're also championing you as well. So for those that maybe have known you longer, yeah, has it like, cause I've seen the comments where a lot of people are like, it's really refreshing to see what you're doing going in a more serious, darker matter and tone. Mm -hmm. Had that, has that surprised you going from something that is one thing to now something that's kind of a little bit different and seeing that people are actually still kind of fucking with you on it. Um, I was a bit surprised. I mean, um, I, like you said before, I mean, it, it's pretty cool to see that it turns out great for both of us, you know, so, and this is like a really good thing. So for me, it was like, I couldn't identify that much anymore with the music. So I was always more attached to like this dark and aggressive stuff. So that's the reason why I said, okay, good. Um, I will quit, you know, and I mean, dude, there have been a lot of ups and downs, to be honest, you know, and um yeah, I mean, uh, that's amazing to see that it works uh, in a different way as well, you know, because, um, I mean, it's just one thing to do like this whole party aspect, I would say, you know, but I would say it's a bit more complicated if you got a um, serious background be all, behind all your songs, you know, to, to achieve some reaction because there are already a lot of great bands out there. And I would say Eskimo was a bit more special when it comes down to like this different character, you know, mm. so I'm I'm really happy that it turns out... Uh, great as well and to see that people um yeah are attached to the to the music that got a more serious background i would say you know you know something based on the uh, singles that you've released so far is you know you've you've done a really good job of putting out very striking visuals to accompany these mm -hmm. songs yeah. and how important is it for you to have such a strong visual attachment or representation along with the strong musical side of things and just marrying them really like together. So I would say it's like a really important thing. I mean, just imagine watching a movie trailer where you got the music, but no visuals, you know? So, and for me, it's like, if you got cool visuals or basically I used to say, so a music video can destroy a song or can lift it up a bit more, you know? And I mean, that's funny because yesterday I really talked about that topic with my parents, you know, mm. and I said, hey, just imagine 
you got um i don't know a clown doing bullshit in front of the camera something <laughs> like that you know but you're listening to like a really really serious and dark track you know mm. so this is something more like a contrast you know what makes it a bit ironic in the end you know but if you got uh, some pictures that are totally work well with the music i would say that's like a, a huge impact and i mean um as well with ghost kid it, it was like uh, really important for me to to represent a bit more than the music i mean like a whole artist thing as well you know and i was always like a lot into visual stuff and art in general and um yeah i really put the focus on that as well it definitely shows and, and something that i was kind of impressed with and i don't know if you've heard this in any of the press you've been doing but just how natural of a performer you are given that you seemingly are willing to play just such a myriad of characters throughout the videos and on top of that some of the extensive Thank makeup you. that you have to go through and yeah. sitting in the chair and getting that done is acting maybe something that you would be interested in doing in the future? Um, I guess I would never be an actor to to be honest. But <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's. Um, I would say it's easier if you got something you can identify with, you know, and you really feel what you are doing. It's um, so. How can I say that? I w I wouldn't say at this point it's 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 acting anymore because if you feel something, even if you play a role in all those that stuff you know so for me like this whole ghost kid thing is more some kind of like an alter ego for me and i can be somebody that i can't be as sebastian for example so i would say this is another side but it's still me and um i think when it comes down to the acting and of course it's 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 a part of that sometimes but um i would say it's more like feeling it and i think that makes it a lot more easy to um how can I say that? <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it more easy to to represent what you what you feel. Mm. I just think sometimes like when you see and for those that maybe aren't aware of how music videos are made, <laughs> it's basically you having a giant boombox of sorts playing back to you yeah. and you're yeah. you're responding to, you know, the music being played. So it's a very unnatural way to kind of re represent your music in a visual medium. Yeah. So the fact that your performances in the videos are are so nuanced and so forth it just kind of made me wonder if that's something you know that you an avenue maybe that you have been maybe trying to pursue uh recently or in in general <laughs> yeah i mean like you said it, it it's it's always like if you wanted to 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 feel it more just crank up the fucking volume, you know? <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> you know kind of speaking a little bit to the singles that are out now it's it's so interesting yeah. just the diverse range and i guess it shouldn't be given the fact of the band that you came from previously but i mean you have you know johnny three tears on a version of uh this is not hollywood marcus yeah. from heaven shall burn on supernova um and i know there's uh actually somebody else and i'm blanking on who it is now on the other version of uh yeah, it's, this it's is not hollywood yeah it's it's timmy hendrix he's yeah. like a, like a a guy from a really famous rap group, uh, rap group in germany and um he's a really good friend of mine so mm. yeah but did you have the guests in mind when you started writing these songs or was it just kind of a like because a lot of times when you hear people collaborating, it's more of you're just sitting there, you're writing and you go, oh, fuck, you know, who'd be perfect on this? So and so. And then you simply, you know, hit them up or whatever. Or sometimes yeah. it's more of a collaborative like they were in the studio with me writing this track or helping me along in the demo phase. And then it just, you know, naturally a collaboration happened in, in the vocal sense. So I would say um, it happens like this. So you write a song and you got, for example, like this verse. And I mean, 
it always depends on the song, you know. And for me, it was like, okay, I got the Supernova track, so and it would be really cool to have somebody else performing on that, you know. And uh, I asked myself, okay, so you know a lot of people, and of course, you you got a lot of contacts, but it's always like a, a thing that is still really complicated to hit up somebody who will do a feature and i mm. thought about hey damn that would be cool to have heaven shall burn on that but because i mean like the message is something that they really can relate to you know and uh we're good friends for years right now but we never asked those guys and asked him for a feature so i thought hey now i'm free i can do whatever i want <laughs> I, i would love to have this guy performing on my track because heaven shall burn is one of the bands i grew up with you know and uh i called the guitar player who's mm. like uh running the studio where heaven shall burn is recording everything um, all of their stuff on their own you know and i gave him a call and asked hey do you think marcus will do this song probably and he showed it to him and he said okay let's do it you know so th this is like that that was the case and um so with the other guys it was basically the same so i just mm -hmm. got the track and thought okay I wanted to have something as a feature on that track you know and thought about okay who would be cool so for, but in general, I would say, okay, I just divide in that, okay, I wanted to have somebody who got, an who got a heavy voice, you know, I wanted to have somebody who's doing like, um, I would say some, some special kind of rap, for example, for, for this Hollywood one, you know, and I always got him, uh, always think about that. Okay. Does it make sense? Could it work out, you know? And, um, to be honest, a lot of those stuff, I, I, I don't know. So in the beginning, I asked myself, okay, could this work, you know, <laughs> and, but everything turned out absolutely great, you know, and um, this is pretty cool. And I think every feature on, on my record um, is really special because there's always a story behind that, you know, right? how it came together. So, <laughs> you know, kind of speaking a little bit more to This Is Hollywood, yeah. you know, the lyrics to it were really interesting to me in that basically and my interpretation uh yeah. that it seems that hollywood is where people go to chase their dreams and it seems that you really put a light on the excuse me evil underbelly of what it takes to survive yeah. and even if you do at what cost do you pay in the end to to succeed what does la or hollywood mean to you being from another country so I mean, I mean, you said it like 50%, right, I would say. So um, this is not Hollywood. It's, it's more like a saying because, I mean, even if if I was never like a rock star uh, or would never consider myself as a rock star, you know, I'm really aware of the problems that are happening in the show business. So that's the reason why I picked up like this Jesus who is more like a symbol, you know, mm. because uh, yesterday I really got the same con conversation with my mom and dad about that because they have seen the video for the first time, you mm. know, and I said, hey, when it comes down to um, to like this, uh, this whole uh, whole way people are going through, like basically artists, you know, mm -hmm. um, you can compare it to Jesus. I mean, just compare Michael Jackson to Jesus, you know, you're glorified. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's more like that. So you're, you're glorified in the beginning, you know, you are, you are like, people see you as a God, you're an idol, you know, and then there comes downfall and probably you end up on the cross. So you got money, you got fame, you got everything that you ever wish for, but this is not Hollywood because in real life, you are just human and you can get hurt. I mean, imagine, you know, if you're a big actor or something like that, so you got a lot of friends, but who you really want would call if you got problems, you know? And even if you have everything, like, on the outside, probably you are really 
struggling on the inside, you know, and there are a lot of examples for that. So that's the reason why I wrote that song. And I've seen a lot of people changing. I've seen a lot of people doing drugs and stuff, you know, and everything is like always based on, on the show business and like the role you have to play as an actor because nobody wants to see that you are weak. Everybody wants to see that you're good looking, that you're doing your job and you just have to 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 uh, run like a machine all mm. the time. You just have to function all the time, you know? And I think if you don't have a sober mind or a strong mind, you probably get into some trouble. And this is what a track is about. And I just picked Hollywood because Hollywood is like when it comes down to to LA and like this whole show business it's like Hollywood is the place to be you know right yeah and that's the reason no it's funny because uh shit probably a year ago now uh talking with uh Yerke from uh 69 eyes and mm -hmm. obviously you know like they have a big fascination with the old Hollywood and so forth so it is kind of interesting to think of you know, in doing some of these interviews and doing them with people who a travel abroad and b aren't from here in the states, just kind of getting a completely different perspective of how some of the things that are culturally significant here in the in America are impacting other people or the the yeah. art maybe that they're making. So it was just kind of yeah. an interesting idea to kind of see what it represented to you and, and kind of uh, get a little bit more behind the lyrics to it. Yeah. Um, kind of speaking a little bit more to the, the, that song in particular, I was surprised to see two iterations of this song with two different yeah. guest vocalists. Yeah. And the fact that you, you know, led off with the Johnny three tears version of the single as a single, is there talks of kind of doing maybe like what Cypress Hill did with like rock superstar and rap superstar where you use <laughs> the same footage basically and just put in, you know, the other, make another video for the other version of the song at some point. Um, so you mean the reason why I did two versions of the, of the track are, well, yeah, let's, let's get that one out of the way first. Why, why have two, <laughs> you know, why not just have an elongated, you know, three verse kind of structure thing with, you know, all the vocalists on one track and one song. So I thought, um, I mean, in the beginning there was at first like the Timi Hendrix feature and I asked myself, Hey, this message and the song is really important for me because, you know, I went through a lot of bullshit back in the days, you know, and like I told you, I've seen people changing and stuff, you know, and I see what sometimes what this whole show business thing um, or having huge impact on a person, you know, and the person's character. So I thought um, it would be more important to to spread this message a bit more international. So that's the reason why mm -hmm. I thought, hey, it would be cool to have two um successful artists you know mm. to tell their own story and um i mean as well the structure of the song is not made to um for two guests you know so and i really wanted to have the spotlight as well you know that this artist got the chance to speak their mind about the situation and i guess this is what they did you know so, it's just it's just yeah. interesting because being a big like hip-hop fan you know like mm. especially lately being listening to a lot of the uh, wu-tang forever record i mean you look at a song like forever or i'm yeah. sorry triumph and you literally have seven seven verses <laughs> oh really yeah like okay. it's i think it's pretty much everybody doing a verse plus yeah. uh, featuring capadonna and i mean it's just like when you and it's a long song it's like five minutes or so oh, really it, it was like the lead off <laughs> single for that record yeah and it's just one of those that like you look at hip-hop as kind of and mm -hmm. it kind of be more of a trap kind of beat to it a little bit yeah that you're you're kind of thinking 
not in a traditional rock sense where it's like, okay, you could have, you could in theory stretch out a little bit longer because in that realm that yeah. has been a proven uh, strategy as far as releasing a single, having a bunch of people on at one time. Yeah. So it was I'm interesting to see you deviate and kind of give everyone literally their own shine for yeah. each, like version of the track. Exactly. But the thing is, I think in, in, in hip hop, that that's like a really good aspect because I think when it comes down to rap, um, there is in general more space to do it. So, I mean, I know it from the German rap artists as well. So because um, I would say you got more possibilities because you got a beat, you know, and it always depends on how you perform on that. But in rock music, you got something. OK, you start with the verse probably or then you got a chorus, you know, I mean, there are there are more spots in the song that you can't change i would say in 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 rap music you got more possibilities to make it happen because i don't know i would i would say the beat is sometimes the same and it always depends on 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 the artists how he's performing on the track you know so yeah in rock music it, it's not you're not that free i would say sometimes <laughs> when it comes down to structures no for sure there's definitely mm. more <clears throat> i mean in rap it's it is kind of more structured around yeah hook and then after the hook it seems like every especially now in today's rap uh culture it's like you know i've been making the comment i think three six mafia basically started the current hip-hop trend you know mm. almost 20 years ago where it's repeat one hook ad nauseum probably can't tell me either of the verses yeah <laughs> and then back to the hook <laughs> i i think in hip-hop it's it's like the same thing because um uh, or, or in hip hop as well, it's it's more like uh, like the verses could are more like uh, or work more like like a, like a hook by itself. You know, if you got a really yeah, strong yeah. part as a verse, you know, it, it's more like a hook. I would say in in hip hop and, and rock, it's 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 a bit different. And I, I really love hip hop or and rap. You know, so it's 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 like a thing that I really really love as well. And I tried to do it like back in the days as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of speaking to the diverse range of this album, mm -hmm. you know, something that is interesting to me, I don't feel like it'll be as much of a problem where you are, given the fact that there are a plethora of, you know, bands like a Don Broco or, you know, things like that, that are just merging all kinds of different styles. But yeah. given the fact of how very niche uh, American fans kind of like their music to be, where it's like you fit in this box. I like things in this box and mm. don't really mix them. Do you feel that the given how wide array of sounds and, and so forth that you bring into your music, do you feel like that will make it easier or a little bit harder for American fans to kind of latch onto what you're doing? You mean like when people are used to, used to put bands in boxes, if it's uh, so like more and some kind of, or yeah. So like basically mm. a lot of package tours, when you see them, it's like four of the same band basically. Yeah. Um, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I'm wondering if you think that, you know, given how wide and diverse your sound is that it's going to be easier for you to get on some of these tours and, you know, fit in, or do you think being the oddball out because you're not going to fit in with the rest of the pack, <laughs> that it's actually going to make it easier for you to stand out and, and have people be into what you're doing because it, there, you're going to be the one set that sounded completely different where people go, oh, there was that band, Ghost Kid. Holy shit, they sounded completely different than everybody yeah. else. Like, do you think it's going to work to your advantage or disadvantage because of that? I mean, I got I got the best example ever for that because with Eskimo back in the days, we played on a rap tour. I mean, we've been like, <laughs> we've been like the only 
real metal band there who was that that was screaming you know and doing like those breakdowns and shit so i mean it was kind of a it was like the fight to unite you um it was more like a juggalo too you know mm, you know okay. and uh cottonmouth kings were <laughs> did the headliner headliner slot you know and there have been a lot of rappers on this tour as well and i really experienced that uh it doesn't matter what kind of sound uh you're you're playing it it more depends on if the people are attracted to it or not you know and i think if you're a good good artist you know and you can uh the people can i don't know if they if they're getting emotionally attached by the music you know it works as well because i would i used to say that metal and for example rap who could be like the biggest opposites you know are both based on a on a on a rhythm, you know. So I mean, if if a beat kicks uh, if a beat kicks in, or if you got a huge mosh part, I would say that's some kind of like the same energy, you know. Mm-hmm. So and if the people are into it, probably they will like it. And I think it's like a good thing in general if uh, artists are sounding different because, like you said, it, sometimes you got five bands that exactly sound the same, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's a good thing though to be a bit weird. I mean, how how would you categorize uh, Youngblood? You know, so is he doing pop? Is he doing rap? Is he doing grunge? What he's yes. doing? But everybody yes likes is the him. answer. And, yeah, <laughs> what kind of music is he doing? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's kind of the thing too is that it's been interesting. You know, kind of getting. You know, one of the bands that I was really into growing up. I mean, growing up, I'm 36, but you know, in my late teens was the band Him. Yeah. Because it reminded me and sounded like the parts of Typo Negative I really liked. Mm-hmm. It sounded like, you know, some of the more pop structured things I liked. It combined yeah. things that I hadn't really heard be combined in that way. And a lot of times I just find with, with uh, you know, outside of like a Kill Switch Engage or some of those kind of things where they were kind of at the forefront of what they were doing, that yeah. I f- tend to find a lot of overseas European bands and so forth that they just almost like just throw shit at a wall and go, yep, that sounds great. We're going to run with it. And you're just like, I mean, like you said, you look at Youngblood, you look at what you're doing, what Bring Me's been Mm. doing over the last handful of years, uh, Don Broco and stuff like that. And they're they're not any one thing. And it's exciting. It reminds me of when I used to go to shows as a kid and you'd have, you know, a juggalo rapper on a hardcore show with, you know, an indie folk band or whatever. And it all worked. It's fine. Exactly. And, and that's mean, the thing that's interesting to me that I just, I don't know if kids nowadays are as open to those kind of experiences or if it's because I live here in America and Americans mm-hmm. need everything to be a very specific way. <laughs> I think, so the most important thing when it comes down to an artist and it doesn't matter what kind of music you're doing or in what kind of genre the people could categorize you it's all about telling a story. So mm-hmm. if you if you if the sto- story you're telling is great, you know, um, it's 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 like a really good good thing uh, when or I, you you know what I mean. So I, I think it's all about the story you tell. You know, I think just imagine back in the, in the days, for for example, Billie Eilish. You know, mm-hmm. you got all those pop stars. You know, so everybody's sexy. You know, everybody sings really really well. I don't know. It's like most of them are blonde. You know, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then there is like Billie Eilish, she's doing like the complete opposite, you know, she's weird, she got a different sound, you know, and <laughs> I used to say, you know, music is like toast, you know, you, you, go, <laughs> you go to the supermarket and you, you got a lot of great toast, everything tastes great, you know, 
so but how can i find your toast you know and billy eilish is like the green toast in the <laughs> in the supermarket you know i mean even if you haven't tasted yet you definitely looked on looked on that package you know and i think yeah. this is what what it is to to um to create something that people can identify with and mm. to tell tell a story that's interesting you know and yeah just do it different like the other dude so yeah Kind of one of the last questions I have for you before plugging socials and all that. All right. So I was looking, trying to, I always try to go through someone's socials and just try to find something fun and interesting to kind of bring up into the, the conversation. All right. Um, don't have a whole lot in the way of socials, it seems, um, for you personally. But I did stumble across a cover of you doing a karaoke version of Bullet for My Valentine, like <laughs> some odd years ago. Do you karaoke much? And if so, what is your go-to song? Dude. Karaoke is the fucking hardest thing for, <laughs> for a singer to do. And I mean, I just do it when I'm completely drunk. And there is, I need Does to tell Does anyone that. do it sober? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But I have to tell you a special story. So my girlfriend, she was celebrating her birthday at a karaoke bar. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you're just going like a normal guest to this karaoke bar, you know, because you are a singer. It's your job. So of course you have to nail it, you know, and so it, it was me walking into this karaoke bar and said, oh, good, that will be fun, you know? And there is like this this guy, this totally nerdy guy. And he said, okay, I wanted to sing Let It Go from like this uh, Disney movie there, you know? And this dude is fucking killing it, you know? <laughs> He's singing it so well. I mean, I, I would never consider myself as a good singer, you know? I got a lot of stuff to work on, but you walk into this karaoke bar, it's your fucking job. And there is this one guy fucking killing that track you know and okay my girlfriend celebrated her birthday and after five gin tonic it was like she was supposed to sing with her sister you know so easy track christina aguilera fighter no way no problem it's it's an easy track of course <laughs> and then there was like this moment okay my, my sister is uh, she have to go home right now you know so could you help me out with this one and i said Okay, what was what was the track again? Uh, they want a bit of a stronger. Okay, good. It was like this, and the verses. I don't know the fucking verses. I never listened to the whole track. And then it was like, okay, the next guys, Sebastian and Michelle. All right, good. Let's do this shit. <laughs> and I was staying in front of the microphone. Everybody was watching at me, and I tried to sing it, but don't knew. I, I've not. <laughs> I don't know the fucking song, you know. And she was like with the microphone. You're 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 so disappointing. You're a singer, you know, in between the singing, you know. And this was so this was I mean, I was drunk, so it was not like that bad, but it really <laughs> felt bad to me. And then I went to the DJ and said, Okay, um, could you play some Jason Derulo? This is probably something I could do. And he said, Hey, you're the singer from Eskimo. And well, oh my god, it was like this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like a, a kind of really embarrassing moment as uh, as a singer, I would say. So that's the reason why I got huge respect when it comes down to karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, lastly, where can uh, everyone find you personally or band socials uh, online? Yeah. So I would say Instagram is probably the easiest way to find me. And what yeah. is the handle? It's Ghost Kiddo. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank Double you so much. Yeah, I noticed that. Because I, I was looking for you on Twitter and thought maybe it'd be the same, and it is not. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, looking you. forward to everyone finally getting to hear this record and uh, hopefully eventually uh, making your way down this way to the States and touring when that's all allowed to happen again. I hope so, man. Totally looking forward. It's been a while. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. So that was my conversation with Sebastian Basler, a.k.a. Ghost Kid. Uh, again, record comes out November 13th via Century Media Records. Uh, there's three singles out now. There's three videos out uh, as well. Uh, I think it gives you a really good uh, representation of what the record sounds like. So uh, if you're a fan of any of those songs, check it out. And uh, still time to pre-order. Um, that's kind of a big thing right now during the COVID times. Uh, pre-ordering and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully, don't run into the same issues as uh, Dan's pre-order that I paid for with the uh, Zayo Records. But uh, can't all be winners. <laughs> can't all be winners with that. So, but all that aside, if you would like to keep up with uh, Sebastian, it's uh, pretty simple. Ghost Kid Official on Facebook. Ghost Kiddo, I-D-D-O, as you heard, on Instagram. It's not on Twitter. And uh, all of those will have links to you know take you to uh, the website to pre-order the record and so forth. So still have time to do that. Support the artist. Go check out Ghost Kid. I uh, would love to uh, actually have him back on and talk a little bit more just about some of the uh, other things that are kind of going on. Um, when you have 30 minutes, you kind of want to explore some extra side tangents. And you're like, ah, pull it back, pull it back, pull it back. And you know, kind of stay more uh, focused on what you've got prepped, or at least I do. Um, but all that said, Dan can tell you where he can be found, and uh, sometimes there's prep involved in there, and sometimes not so much. Usually, usually not. Uh, but yeah, I can be found on Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan. You can always send me a friend request on Facebook, um, and I might accept it. Um, it's just under my name, Daniel Terry. And uh, you can send me an email at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com, and you can find find my other 10 billion podcasts at DiscussMetal.com. Do you Twitch? Oh, yeah, I do Twitch. I Twitch all the time. I'm, I'm on this new medication. Oh, you mean for, <laughs> for streaming? Yeah, so uh, on Monday nights and Thursday nights uh, at 10.30, I almost said 10.30 o'clock, uh, <laughs> at 10.30 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, uh, I am on Twitch under Discuss Metal Dan. Um, so, yeah, you guys should come check that out if you want to hang out. Uh, I love it when people come by and say hi, and we can just kind of have kind of a, almost like a one-on-one -on -one chat, unless there's, like, more than one person there. Then it's a however many people that is on one chat. So it's good times. Just check it out. I've actually been getting into Twitch a little bit more. I was uh, playing Last of Us 2 uh, for about two hours. Uh, I think I had two people watching at one point. It was exciting. I'm uh, pretty close now to being a Twitch affiliate, according to the email I got shortly thereafter. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, all that aside, uh, yeah, you know, Dan and I like uh, being watched, I guess, is the, the moral of the story. Onlyfans.com slash yeah. brutally speaking. Yeah, it's basically Dan just trying on all of our uh, clothes that he ordered from Teespring. Every time. <laughs> um, all that said, if you'd like to keep up with the podcast, simple enough, just go to brewspeakpod.com. Uh, That'll be the landing page for anything you need to know about this podcast. Uh, it's looking great. I actually have something I'm uh, working on to maybe add to the website or uh, some of our other stuff. Uh, don't know how it's going to pan out, so I'm not really going to tease anything other than just I'm working on something I think will be cool. Uh, I'm still doing the thing because the For the Nomads thing is still going on, so uh, if you buy anything from the store it's already priced pretty much as low as it possibly can be without turning a negative or like no profit at all um but any money we make from that uh we will donate to the for the nomads thing uh, just to kind of you know help out those who are in need in the touring industry and uh based on a couple podcasts to listen to today may not have any music until 2022 yikes so that's not cool 
I don't know if I can do another year of this, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so go help them, even if you don't want to. You know, I think round five for the silent auction thing is about to go up somewhat soonish. Uh, so if there's not any donations uh, for a silent auction, you can just donate to the page as, as a whole. Or like I said, buy one of our shirts. Support us. We support them. It's all cyclical. Speaking of support, if you want to support our other sponsors, you can support the Bean Bastard at thebeanbastard.com. Get you some delicious coffee. Uh, this is usually a really great time for uh, for their coffee because they do a lot of great uh, holiday roasts and so forth. You know, one of my favorites being the uh, Shitter's Full Blend, which I can't wait. Hopefully it comes back this season. I'll buy, like, so many bags because it's so fucking delicious. And uh, also, On Point Pomade. I was actually talking with Maddie Mullins today. Um, just trying to get him to to come on and uh, talk about some stuff, but he's currently busy recording the new Memphis Mayfire record. So I guess it's an acceptable reason to, uh, to you know not be able to have time to come on and talk to us. But uh, all that said, on point, Paul May, keep your beard and hair looking on point. All you got to do is just follow Maddie and you see how well all that stuff works, man. It just makes you look beautiful. Maybe that's Maddie. I don't know. And don't forget to use our code BSP15 and save 15% off your total purchase order. And last but not least is our great friends over at rockabilia.com. Head on over to Rockabilia where they have over 500,000 items in their online store. Pretty much any band that we have had on this show or any band that you can think of, they've got merch there. Tank tops, hoodies, candles, gloves, a plethora of things that you would want at a reasonable price, and they're 100% officially licensed through the bands, so you don't have to worry about the integrity of the products you're buying. It's not going to be some knockoff bullshit like you find on eBay or some of these other sites. So put your mind at ease with everything that you're buying over at Rockabilia, and use our code BREW15 and get 15% off your total purchase order. And I uh, want to thank the Rockabilia guys once again for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Uh, we're looking to have Frankie, uh, who runs Rockabilia, on one of our live shows here pretty soon. But overall, uh, support all of our sponsors for supporting us. Getting ready to go live with the guys from Lightworker. Uh, we've been doing the uh, weekly series usually at 9 o'clock. 9, 9 or 9.30 on Wednesdays is typically when we do it. Uh, we then release the audio into the feed a couple of weeks later. Uh, so as of when we're recording this, you know, we drop the epic conversation with phil labonzi of all that remains at two and a half hours and uh you can look forward to uh our conversation with kyle conkeel of bad wolves that was a lot of fun uh definitely some uh, interesting talk at the end uh, about bad wolves and covers so if you weren't watching i'll tease it with that and for the brutally speaking podcast i am john and i am dan and we'll talk to you all next time <laughs>